Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Gossip Studios here in New York City. <laughs> oh, I need you guys to know I botched that intro like eight times. And I just keep saying, I do this every night. I don't know how I keep botching it. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. This is my life now. I just need y'all to know that. <laughs> um, apparently, I can't do things that I do every single day. <laughs> and I've done every single day for the last year. Like, I could understand if this was like a nude podcast. A nude. Jesus. <laughs> I could understand if this was a new podcast. Or, you know, like I was switching things up and doing something different. But no. I've done the exact same thing for more than a hundred episodes. <laughs> and I still can't get it right. <laughs> oh my. Um, <laughs> speaking of not being able to get things right. There is going to be a Grease prequel. And I'm telling you guys this because I cannot have this information alone in my head. Like, no, y'all have to know too. Um, y'all just have to know with me, because it's too much. My poor brain can't take this. Um, so, Paramount, in their infinite wisdom, has decided that them tarnishing... The Grease Legacy with Grease 2 was not enough. Uh, and, and first of all, we will never forgive them for Grease 2, alright? Can we all just agree on that? Um, the new movie is going to be called Summer Nights. And it's going to take place the summer before we meet Sandy and Danny. And it's going to be all about their... Love affair down under. Danny's um, version of the story is a lot raunchier, and Sandy's is, you know, a lot more innocent. And, you know, I just, I don't see how this is gonna work. Um, there's nothing about this that screams, I need to be made. Uh, you know, I and I could almost argue um, if there were some sort of dire need for musicals, then yeah, maybe. But there's not. And, it's, you know, one of the arguments I've heard for this is that we need more original musicals. This is not original. <laughs> I mean, the storyline might be um, semi-original. I guess you could kind of squeak out an argument like that. But the truth of the matter is, you're taking two characters who are extreme... In one of the, if not the most popular musical of all time. And transplanting them into a story that was told via a song in the original movie. What what in the world are you going to add to that? 
Because we all know how it ends. Unless you're going to tell us what the ending of Grease actually means. Because I'm pretty sure they're dead. I'm pretty sure that the whole message of Grease is that dancing will kill you. (laughs) Because that car flies into heaven. Alright? It goes into heaven. And their friends are just shopping along. Like, this is completely normal. Like, they've seen a million cars fly into the sky. Um, and, and just so you guys know, I actually... When, not today. Um, but in the past, I've actually gone down the rabbit hole of Grease conspiracy theories. And... There are a lot of people who actually think that Sandy was already dead and, and or that Danny was the one who killed her. Now, that's the story I want to see. <laughs> like, if you're going to show me that Sandy was murdered by Danny, yes, I will sign up for this movie. I, I, I kind of like a darker take on this tale. <laughs> um, what can I say? Um, but I don't think that that's where they're going to go with this. And... I'm pretty sure people are starting to get concerned about me. So I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, let's let, let's talk some Lori Loughlin. You know, we, we've been talking about her a lot lately, um, given the college, college admission scandal that's um, just exploded. Um... Hallmark has completely cut her off. Um, in fact, so much so, like, they canceled all of the productions that they had in the can. Um, on the, I don't want to say in the can because that's not the right terminology. Uh, they, but they had a bunch of um, TV movies, the Garage Sale Murders. Um, they had a bunch of those movies lined up. Those have all been, um, scrapped she was one of the lead characters in their number one show when called the heart and they fired her and that I mean that's bad enough like Felicity Huffman I think actually has a chance to make a comeback um, she's a phenomenal actress. Um, and what she did was wrong, but she's openly said, I'm guilty, I, I made a mistake, I'm going to accept whatever punishment I get, and move on. And it's in, and the rumor is that um, her attorney is going for real leniency, um... Prosecutors are asking for four months in prison. That's not going to happen. Um, as I've stated before, it I just don't see it happening. Um, and I still don't see it happening. But, and the reason why I bring up Felicity Huffman is not because of... Not to draw a, a compare, contrast with, with Lori Loughlin. But... Because... 
Um, yesterday there was a news article after I recorded that said Felicity Huffman took the deal because prosecutors basically told the the parents that have been charged, take this deal now, or we're going to the grand jury and you're going to be indicted for money laundering charge or with money laundering charges. Lori Lachlan didn't take the deal. Uh, her and her husband Massimo are still fighting, um, and being they're not really maintaining their innocence. They're just not accepting guilt. And I think that's a very interesting thing that um, I'm sure other more far more experienced people than I have um, looked at is Lori Lachlan really hasn't made any comments about this. Um, she hasn't said she was innocent. She hasn't said she was guilty. Um, she, it's almost like she hasn't even really acknowledged what's going on. But that might change soon because, as promised, the U.S. attorneys actually did bring indictment charges against them. Um, against the parents who did not accept the plea deal. And now... They're facing um, mail fraud. I forgot what the other what the other charges. Um, but on top of that, on top of those two charges, they're also facing money laundering charges. Um, so, what what started out as a maximum two year prison sentence now jumps up to at least two and a half years. Um, possibly more, depending on how much, um, the prosecutors have. And it's, I mean, maybe Lori Lachlan just feels like, hey, I'm Aunt Becky and no jury's going to convict me. Or maybe she doesn't feel they have enough evidence to convict her. In, In either case... I I would say that um, she's playing with fire because this is not a Jussie Smollett thing where um, there's enough evidence or there's enough reasonable doubt here to wiggle out of this. Um, this this is a pretty much an airtight case where they have them. They have recordings of them talking about this. They have a paper trail. They have everything they need to put these people away. So again, I don't know what she's playing at or what she's hoping for. Maybe she's just following the advice of her attorney. We may never know. But what I do know is I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, okay. I haven't really talked about um, the Sultan of Brunei and his homophobic and horrible policy of stoning gays. Um, stoning gays to death. Mostly because 
Um, not that I didn't think it would fit in here, but there's there's already so much being said about it. I didn't know what I could add to the conversation. But Perez Hilton and Omar Sharif Jr. Um, kind of forced my hand into talking about this a little bit. So, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure most, if not all of you do, Perez Hilton built his gossip empire on outing people. And I'm not talking like blind items. Um, I know a couple episodes back we talked about Ted Casablanca outing George Clooney by mistake. Um, doing one of his blind items. And, you know, in Blind Gossip, Crazy Days and Nights, they're both filled with uh, blind items about gay celebrities. And I, I can read them without feeling guilty about someone being outed because they're blind. Maybe, you know, especially Crazy Days and Nights, maybe they do make them completely obvious as to what's being, you know, who who's being talked about. But they never use names. And, um, I don't know. I To me, that's, that's a big difference here. Perez Hilton um, almost outed Lance Bass. And he, or maybe he did out. Lance Bass, I don't remember to be honest. I, I but I know like for a very long time the two had a feud going over the over this. Um but also just uh there are some boundaries where I just don't think you can cross. But as is often the case, there are exceptions to the rules. And Perez Hilton, in what can only be called a first, actually did something decent to help other gays. He outed the Sultan's son. Um, in a YouTube video that he uploaded, Perez Hilton alleges that Prince Azim is gay. And here's what um, Perez said. You all know I don't out people anymore. I used I used to do that back in the day, but uh, I used to do that back in the day. But I'm making ex- making an exception here. I'm guessing the Sultan of Brunei doesn't know that his son Prince Azim is a big old homo. I would know because I have spent time with Prince Azim. It's so hypocritical. This guy's son is a big flamer, and now he's in, enacted a law to stone, to stone to death gay men. And I mean, it's not very often that I end up on the same side as Press Hilton. Um, when I had Generation Gossip, it was it was the blog with heart. It was gossip with heart. With drunk gossip, it's more, um, I can say what I'm thinking. Um, and y'all notice, I don't out people at all. 
um, I talk about the rumors and whatnot because that's my job. That's that's literally what I'm supposed to be doing. But I also let people know, like, those are just rumors. Um, and, and I just want to say, um, in case that was too subtle, these are things that Perez Hilton and Omar Sharif Jr. are saying... Um, and that's why it's being reported on. I do not know for sure if Prince Azim is gay. Um, so Omar Sharif Jr. says, I will volunteer myself second to be executed according to Bernays' new anti-LGBT law on the condition that the Sultan's son is first and that the Sultan himself casts the first and last stones. Um, and there are other gay celebrities that have been kind of caught up in this whole controversy. Um, Gus Kinsworthy had a picture of him and Prince Azim up on Instagram and was taken down um, as he started getting called out for having it up. Um, again, this is the the law itself is horrible. I don't know what the logic behind it is other than we hate homos. But that is what it is. Um and we're gonna I'm gonna keep following the story because I'm kind of intrigued by it. And I'm gonna go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So uh, as as someone who runs two writing groups, um, I often get asked what writing advice I, I would give to people, and I you know, and honestly I always say it depends on the person. You know, I don't believe there's one writing style or one um one way to be successful writing. To me, it's. Uh, It it just depends on your personality and what your goals are. But then I came across this piece of advice from Stephen King, and I think it's brilliant. Um, and it kind of, well, I still think I'm right in a, and when I say that there's not one writing style, there's not one way to be successful writing. Um, it does kind of tie everything up. So let me let me just read this real fast. He says, I think the best stories always end up being about the people rather than the event, which is to say character driven. And yes. Um, you know, last week we did a lot of talking about the business of writing. And that's important. Um, for for people like me who um are are choosing a weird path and by weird I mean kinda hybrid, kind of um you know part independently published, part traditional, um part nonfiction, part fiction, um Articles, short stories, and all that. Like, 
I, I, I run the gamut. And one of the things, um, I'm going to talk about Love You to Death, my true crime book. One of the things that people kept saying to me after reading it was, you know, you don't, you don't give us all the details like um, other books do. Um, you know, the other books get into like the really grisly details of the murders and whatnot. We like that you don't do that. Like, we get that they're dead and we don't need the graphic details and whatnot. Um, there's one in particular um, where Lizzie Dick killed her husband and cut him up into pieces. And the, the, other, the thing that people kept coming back to me is, you know, I felt like I knew her. I felt like she was a real person and not just some some murderer that was um thrown at us um by the police or by the the reporters or whatnot. Like you actually pieced together her her personality and you know, it made us see her in a different way than we might have in any other case. First of all, that made me feel really good because I do. I I've always believed it should be character over everything. And I know there are people out there who disagree with me, um, and they think that it should be plot. It should, you know, it should be this or that. But here's the thing: when I write, um, especially fiction, this is true. Like when I'm working on Crazy Rich Homos, which I'm so far behind on, guys, like so far behind. It's going to take a miracle for me to get caught up. Um, anyways, like when I'm working on Crazy Rich Homos, or Crazy Rich Wedding, rather, I let the characters take me where they want to go. Um, this The scene I just wrote was supposed to be like a funny drunk scene, and it ended up turning into a sex scene. Um, there, there was another... Where two of my characters are supposed to be at each other's throats and hating one another. Um, but then they both... when I As I was writing, I was like, you know... I think this makes more sense. Like, maybe these two characters need to be getting along. Instead of at each other's throats. Um, and, and here's the thing. like When I write, my characters will tell me... Not, like, literally tell me, but, like, you you get a feel for what you're supposed to be doing. And it, it really does help. <laughs> I'm a pantser. Like, I never have anything prepared, which drives Will crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but more than that, um, I, I do it because that's where I'm comfortable. Um... And at some point this week, we're going to talk about outlining. But for right now, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, recently, we've been talking a lot about The View. Um, what with all the stories coming out about 
the feuds and the fighting and whatnot happening behind the scenes, thanks to Ladies Who Punch. Um, but today we're going to focus to another panel talk show, The Talk. The Talk was um, created by Sarah Gilbert in response to The View. Um, and it was, it first went into production nine years ago. Probably a little bit more than that, to be honest. Um, because it does take a minute for shows to get going and whatnot. So, but we're going to say nine years because it's been on the air for nine years. Um, and it was supposed to be in response to... Um, it was supposed to be in response to The View. It was supposed to be like the quieter, poppier, calmer version of The View. A place where moms could talk and do mom stuff. And... And and to their credit, they've actually stayed very, very, very much... Um... To that. Um... I, I can't think of... Too many controversies that the talk has been embroiled in... Uh, like, the Julie Chins is an outlier, not something that is, um, not something that is very common for that show. Um, they almost never get involved in a controversy. Um, and their panel is more or less stable. Um, in recent years, we've seen some big departures. Um, Julie Chen at the beginning of this season, um, when her husband Les Munez was fired from CBS. But that was honestly to be expected. Um, Aisha Tyler left last season um, because she wanted to focus on other projects, allegedly. Rumor is that they didn't want to pay her. Um, they didn't want to pay her, give her a raise. Plus, she had Archer and um, a movie she had directed and all that. So now, today, Sarah Gilbert announced that she's leaving the show that she created. Um, and here's her statement before we get into some logistics. Is is what I think actually happened. This is something that I've been struggling with for a while and going back and forth. But I've decided that it's time for me to leave the show at the end of this season. I obviously love it here. And like I said, this was extremely difficult. Last season, I did the Connors and was also producing and hosted here. I loved it and felt totally empowered. But also, if I'm being honest about it, my life was slightly out of balance. I wasn't able to spend as much time with my three kids as I'd like or take time for myself. As I've continued on, I'm starting to develop more things to produce and I'm having opportunities to act. I don't know how I'm going to do it all. I'm looking at the next six months and thinking there's not time. It's difficult because this is a place that I love and a place that I'm extremely happy. I love the host, I love the crew. I love our staff. I'm so grateful to the audience for letting me in your homes every day. 
It's been such an honor. Um, and Sharon Osbourne said, I have to say that this show, it's been on the air for nine years and we've had different ladies at this table, but this to me has been the best group. You can, you can respect people and enjoy, you can respect people and enjoy working with them, but there's always someone that gets on your nerves. And there's nobody that gets on each other's nerves here. Sarah, since Sarah, since she took over the seat, has just been slamming it every show. So here's here's the thing. First of all, notice that there was no mention of Sarah's wife, Linda Perry. I'm wondering if there's going to be a divorce announcement soon. Um, I'm. I'm sure that they're going to say it was an oversight or something. But you don't forget your wife in your in your exit announcement. You just don't. I'm sorry. You don't forget your partner. Um, but going off of what I know um, about the entertainment industry, and especially Disney... I'm guessing that Disney and CBS told Sarah she had to choose between working on the Connors and staying on the talk. Now, I don't think this is a Barbara Walters situation where she's giving up her share of um, ownership of the show, if she if she still has any, that is. Um... My guess is she, I mean, she's, she has to be credited as a creator. Um, and I'm sure she's going to retain a producer credit. Um, if only because I think um, union rules dictate that. Same way that Roseanne still gets accredited by credit for the Connors. Um, I, think, I think it says now based on characters created by Roseanne Barr. Um... So I'm sure, like, because she came up with this format and whatever, um, I'm sure that's going to to continue to be the case. Um, but I, I'm almost positive that this has everything to do with, um, two networks, two huge corporations not wanting to share a star. Um... And, you know, you if you haven't noticed, Dancing with the Stars is not doing a spring, um, a spring edition, which is the first time in its history that it's not doing a spring season. Um, my guess is because they're trying to figure out how to replace Carrie Ann and Nava. Or see if she's going to continue on with the talk. You can probably do it for one season, just to, you know, see, because maybe things don't work out, maybe whatever, but after that, I think you really do have to make a choice, and um, especially since the talk is a direct competitor to The View... Uh, I can see where ABC was like, hmm, 
you can't appear on The View because you're a host of The Top, which is our competitor, and, you know, the Connors is going to really um, get hit with that. And Sarah's a producer on the show, so she really needs to be out promoting the, sh- um, the sitcom. Uh, so here's my prediction. I'm going to guess that sometime over the next few months, there's going to be rumors of Sarah joining The View. Now, she's not going to be able to for a while. Um, I'm not sure when the talk season ends. Um, Talk show season's usually ends somewhere in July. So here's my thought. She'll probably finish out just like she said she would, because I have no doubt that she's being honest about that. Film the Connors. And right around, like, January-ish, we're going to get an announcement that she's joining the table. at She's going to join the Hot Topics table over at The View. And... It'll be one of those where, oh, I'm just filling in. I'm just a fill-in host. To see, um, first of all, how she, how she fits in with the, the panel now. Or, and this is something that, um, this is wildly speculated too. If Whoopi Goldberg leaves, um, they might try to secure her for one more year. Sarah Gilbert has experience as a moderator um, and she enjoyed Behar can um, be co-moderators. But I'm telling you, I, I do see Sarah moving over to ABC full-time, probably as a panelist for The View at some point. And that's going to do it for me for tonight. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.